0: It is great to be with you, great to be joining with you. Welcome to this online experience. So glad to be able to be uh, celebrating with you that we have a God and he is so worth rallying around. Ready? And all of God's people said, right, just get ready right where you're at, no matter what's going on. Get ready to talk out a little bit. We're going to communicate with each other throughout. May God get all the glory. Man, this is a, uh, let's just be honest, this is a strange time, right? It's a little bit weird. And uh, as we got going this week, I got to be honest, Monday rolled around after last week, just a great time of celebration. And, and uh, as we uh, had some baptisms commit, we had some 30 people getting baptized. We had eight or nine people accept Christ. And we were getting rolling with a great service this week. Monday, I was just taking some downtime. And, and uh, so I turned on Netflix and there was this show on that I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, it was called Outbreak. Outbreak. And I ended up watching this Dustin Hoffman show about outbreak and this thing's rolling along and I'm kind of watching it. And all of a sudden I'm getting the creeps because I'm also watching what's going on on the internet and the Dow is on this plummet. It was down like 2,000 points that day and I'm beginning to live out the beginnings of just a little bit of it. And I got to be honest, I was like, yeah, this is not really... Happening here though with the coronavirus thing and and uh, this is kind of dumb and and so I just set it aside and And I got to be honest, throughout the rest of the week, it began to change. And as we got to Thursday, finally, we were making some decisions. We as elders were getting together that night. And by God's grace and timing, as we sat down to get together, uh, the governor was making his statements and some of his requests about social distancing and some spaces and those kinds of things. So uh, we began to make some moves there. And by the next afternoon had made the decision, all right, uh, we're going to be doing some serious worship from wherever we're at and nothing is going to stop us from worshiping and all of people God's people said man don't miss it it is our chance no matter where we are at to celebrate our God and make much of him nothing gets in the way and so man we're in a series here it's called Summit Walk Summit Walk and we're talking about how to take each individual step of each day Where we can make much of our God, where we can glorify him, where we can literally express our love to him and experience God's love for us. What does it look like each and every day? And we've talked about it every single time that we've uh, stepped in on a Sunday here in this series. It is about avoiding the potholes. And uh, each week we were in the book of James for most of it and, and uh, walking through avoiding those potholes. What does it look like to go after that? Today we're actually going to be from the book of Psalms staying in the series though Summit Walk. and We're talking about avoiding the pothole of trouble and pain. Avoiding the pothole of trouble and pain. So do me a favor, turn with me to Psalm chapter 46 verse 1. And we're going to get started. Psalm chapter 46, verse 1. How do I avoid trouble and pain? Lord God, how do I hand it all to you? Here we go. Point number one, cling. Cling to your God, not to your fear. Cling to your God, not to your fears. And we got to make sure that we understand who the king is and we're giving him our everything. So as we jump in in Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, here we go. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We'll just hold right there. God is our refuge and strength. That word God there, it's a Hebrew word. It's not the word Yahweh. It's not the personal name of God. This name here, this word here is the word Elohim. It's in the plural. It means powers, the many powers. Powers, the ultimate powers. God has all power and all power sits in him and he can do anything and nothing stops him short. He is the all powerful one. God, Elohim. That's the first word here. May we start by understanding there is all power in God. He is awesome. God, Elohim, the all powerful one, well, he is our refuge. And our strength. He is our refuge. He's a shelter from danger. When the rains are pouring down and you get up underneath so you don't get wet. When the wind is whipping and you can get behind something so that it no longer hits you. When the biting cold is stinging, but you get inside the refuge and you feel a warmth. And God is our refuge in the middle of the troubles in the middle of the coronavirus or whatever else is going on, God is our refuge. And all of God's people said, man, just right where you are, everybody say refuge. And I guarantee you, you didn't say it loud enough. So wherever you're at, in whatever room in the house or wherever you're listening to this, a coffee shop, I don't care where you're at, bring it big. Just say, God is my refuge. Say refuge. Man, that is our God. May we worship him that we can hide in him, that we get hope in him. God is our refuge and our strength, and our strength. He literally provides courage and ability. There are moments where we look at what we have to face and we're like, I don't think I can make it. But God begins to pour into us in a way we cannot imagine. And he gives us the ability to continue to worship him, sometimes on our knees, sometimes with tears coming down our eyes, sometimes with joy and celebration. But God gives us the ability. God gives us the courage. And are you willing to lean on that, God? He is your refuge. He is your strength. May he get all of our worship. God is our refuge and our strength. It says, a very present help in trouble. I love that statement. You got to imagine when the psalmist was writing it, he started out, he was probably like, he's a help in trouble. No, 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 that's not good enough. He's like a present help in trouble. I Still ain't getting it. He's a very present help in trouble. Like that lands it, right? He's right here with me. He is present. man. this I'm not alone in this. I, I'm not struggling by myself. My God is right here with me. It is a present help, but more than that, a very present help. Uh, what kind of help? A very present help. Say it loud, say it big, don't miss it. Very. That's who our God is. He does everything big and he does everything massively and powerfully. Our God is a very present help in trouble. This word trouble literally means distress or affliction or struggle. Are you feeling a little bit of that? Distress or affliction or struggle. Maybe it's in the world of your job. Maybe it's in what's going on in the home life. Maybe it's just all of this coronavirus and the risks and the threats there. Maybe it's in having loved ones that are in areas of high risk and whatever it is. And being able to hand our trouble to him and lean on him with all we've got. Our God is a very present help in trouble. How is our God a help? In what way is he a help? I mean, it's nice to be able to think those words, but then we step out of the uh, protection of our own home and then wherever we head, does that just drift away? Do we sort of forget about it? Do we realize this help is actually a real and a present position that God takes in your life? He is truly empowering along the way. So I just wrote this down, uh, four ways that God helps. Four ways that God helps. Here we go. First, And he brings peace. Our God brings peace. It's a soft whisper to the soul. It's a soft whisper to the soul, the Holy Spirit bringing something that is just a calming presence in the midst that just says, hang on. I'm right here with you. A peace in the midst, a soft whisper from our God. That's a huge part of who he is. He's the Prince of Peace, right? God does more than just bring peace, though. Another thing he does with help, he brings wisdom. He brings wisdom. You know, he brings timely and helpful words that are super practical. Sometimes right out of his word, right? Sometimes we're digging into the gospel or we're digging into scripture somewhere and we learn something we never knew about him or about this world. We begin to grasp how we can go after it. And we can be real and practical in our digging into our spiritual time with our God. And that's awesome. They get the practical wisdom from God's word. Sometimes it's just practical wisdom. The Holy Spirit speaks like, hey, just so you know right now, you need to be a little more, watch your tone or think more like this or see a little bit more of what's going on and God doing something relationally as he moves within you. And that's great too. Sometimes he even puts you in contact with people that can bring wisdom into your life. This past week, I've uh, had more conversations with people that I don't normally talk to, right? Our elder board, we ended up getting on speaking with the senator's office, being able to have a little bit of con- uh, conversation with them about what's going on and how should we be taking some of what the governor just said and what's the appropriate way to interpret these things? How do you want us to respond as a church so that we're being respectful to governing authority? And, and, or maybe you hear from the health offices as they're like, be careful, wash your hands, right? How many times have we heard that since we were a little kid? Wash your hands. Now we're hearing it all the time, absolutely every day, multiple times, for real. Like, wash your hands, be careful about touching your eyes and your nose, and watch out, right? Fist bump now, right? Some people are like, dude, can't even fist bump, gonna like toe bump, right? All that stuff. Like, all these little guidance pieces, reality. Some of those are just very practical pieces of wisdom to be able to help us to be able to go on the journey of life. Wisdom, God brings it in all various forms and ways. And praise God that we can walk in this world and he doesn't leave us alone in it. Our God helps us with peace. Our God helps us with wisdom. Our God helps us with healing. He brings physical healing. He brings spiritual healing. Know this, our God can heal. And all of God's people said, right, don't miss that. One more chance for you to speak up and all of God's people said, right? Heal. Our God physically heals and we have hope in him and we have life in him. Praise God for that. And sometimes he chooses to heal in a moment physically. Sometimes he chooses to ask us to walk through a journey. Sometimes he may even choose another plan along the way. God has the power to physically heal. Praise God for that. And he certainly has the power to spiritually heal, to do things in our heart and life, to transform us, to shape us, to grow us, to be more like Christ. Praise God for that. We absolutely have the healing power of God's help. And then the fourth one, he brings hope. Hope, it's a glorious eternal perspective. Our God resting into our lives, bringing a glorious eternal perspective. Just imagine whatever your circumstance. Now, picture the thing that is most trying to you right now in this moment. Really get it. Most trying circumstance for you right now. Okay? Now, picture your God coming alongside a very present help, and He's bringing peace. And he's bringing wisdom and he's bringing healing and he's bringing hope. And this is our God with us in every single trouble. Praise God, right? So he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Then he jumps into verse two and he says, therefore, ready, here's your uptake. And when we see the therefore, we say, Right? What's the therefore? Therefore. And so he says, because God is a very present help, here's what we're going to do. Therefore, we will not fear. Like, I am not going to let the what if inside my heart well up. I am not going to let the, oh no, could it be that? And all of a sudden I start predicting the worst thing. That's what fear is. Fear is the talking about a potential tomorrow that goes sideways. Fear is the what if and it's all bad. Fear. We start letting ourselves run away with things. It starts taking over in our soul in the midst of a troubled situation. And all of a sudden, our heart's running amok, not with worship, but with fear. He's like, therefore, we will not fear. When we put our eyes on the God of the universe and his ever present help pours into our life, fear subsides. And all of God's people said, man, in the midst of our struggles, May we truly find, not fear, but worship, hope in him. And then he gives four statements of the examples of the kind of things we can look into the face of and have hope. He says, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Let's go back to the top. Though the earth gives way. This is a landslide, right? Like an earthquake taking place. A rumbling, a thundering of the earth that starts moving. In the midst of an earthquake, I can find my help in my God. Then he says, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Now you're getting this earthquake moving out to the edges of land and all of a sudden you're getting the mountains coming down in like a landslide down into the water. There's earthquakes, there's landslides. He says, though it's water's roar and foam, you're now getting the welling up of the waters. Floods coming in and the massive pressure of water. And then he says, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Like literally the water is rising up so much that it's smacking against the land and causing the land to give way. It's a tsunami, man. Like in the middle of an earthquake, in the middle of a landslide, in the middle of a flood, in the middle of a tsunami, in the middle of... Coronavirus beginning to spread all over the place. And what do we do? And, and uh, everybody's asked to distance some. And so we rally together in smaller numbers and we will worship our God. And all of God's people said, man, don't miss it. Don't let the fear well up. Let your worship rise up. You have a very present help in your God, right? That said, so there's a guy, he was coming out with his wife, weather was getting a little rough, snow was starting to come down, getting a little bit icy, a little bit slippery, and so he holds his arm out, like to let her be able to grab on, he says, why don't you grab on, we'll go down together here, down the steps, right, and as he begins to head to the steps, he puts his arm out, she starts to reach over, she looks at him and she's like, I don't know, man. You're looking a little dicey yourself, thinking in her head, right? I'm not sure I want to lock onto that. You might take me down. She looks to the right. She sees the railing there. She's like, I got the railing. I'm going to lean on the railing. It's better off for me. She says, thanks anyway. She comes over. She puts her hand on the railing. What she didn't know is this black uh, wrought iron railing was actually rusted at the bolts all the way down the steps. And she goes over and she starts to grab onto the railing. And as she starts to put her foot forward on the step. She's leaning on the rail and the whole railing just starts to lean and snap right on those rust spots. And as the rail snaps, she starts to go over the edge. She's going off the side of the sidewalk and steps. And her husband reaches over and grabs on and pulls her in close. And he holds on to her tight. And the first thing she does is cling to his arm and grab on. And I'm just telling you, it's exactly like us in our spiritual walk, isn't it? We're walking along and God's like, I've got this with you. Come on, join me. And we're like, that's okay. I got it over here. And we grab onto this railing of fear, thinking, we've got it. This is better off. And we lean with all we've got, and it snaps, and we start to go. And our loving God reaches out and grabs us and brings us back in. And he teaches us to cling to him. And don't cling to your fears, it doesn't get it done just going to snap in the time. It's going to give way. May our worship be our everything. Cling to your God, who is a very present help. So simple question. How are you doing at clinging to your God? Grab onto him with all you've got. May he get all your worship and praise. No more wrought iron fears to grab onto and lean on. May God get all the glory, all right? Point number two. Point number two, celebrate the powerful presence of your God. Celebrate the powerful presence of your God. It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Have you ever noticed, especially in olden times, how the cities, the bigger cities, they always were built alongside of running water. Have you ever noticed that? Wherever a stream was, that's where the city was. Why? Because water brings life. Because you can grow things. You can feed yourself. You can feed your animals. You get your thirst quenched. Water brings hope. And where the water is, that's where the cities were getting built. And he's like, just so you know, uh, there is a city that has rivers running in it. And it makes glad the city of God. The city of God. This is Jerusalem. And it's all about Jerusalem having these streams of water that bring freshness, that bring thirst, that bring refreshment. He's actually talking about physical water, but he's switching over in a metaphor. And he's like, it's awesome that we have the presence of God with us. And he's like, I'm just telling you, the river whose streams make glad the city of God. This life that comes from the water. It's like life from the presence of having God Almighty with you. uh, You know, I remember back a number of years ago, like long ago, well before my wife and I ever met actually, uh, I had gone on a camping trip with some friends and we were out camping. It was horrible, actually. It was a horrible trip. We went out. It was like 105 degrees and we were down in Paducah, Kentucky and uh, man, I'm telling you, it was rough. We were sweating by like six in the morning. We're laying in the tent, sweating, sweating, Six in the morning, the sun's up, the mosquitoes are buzzing in your ears, and you're like, why did we come to this place, right? Like vacation spots were like, get to the local grocery store and go into the freezer section. That was our break on the trip to try to enjoy it. And uh, one time when we got up in the morning, we noticed that they had a pool over on the side. And I'm like, I'm just going to go jump in the pool. It was a KOA. So... Not that great of a pool, you know? If you just pictured like luxury resort thing, you got the wrong thing, right? So this is a KOA pool. Come over to it. I'm like, I'm just gonna jump in and relax. I'm like sweating like crazy. So I jump in the water, could be the worst experience of my entire life. And I've been through a lot. Like this water probably was about 103 degrees itself. It was like jumping in a jacuzzi of sort of sludgy water. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just telling you, that was not refreshing, right? It's not any water is refreshing. Look at the description here. Streams, a river with streams in it. It's a cool, moving water that is fresh and life-giving. Not stagnant cesspool of water at the KOA in Paducah. Not that, right? This is like amazing, refreshing water to be able to relax in. And he's like, I'm just telling you it brings life to the city, in the same way, it's like the presence of God with it. it says, uh, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Jerusalem, it's where God resided. Can you imagine in those moments in time where the temple existed in Jerusalem at that time and the Shekinah glory of God in that temple and as you got closer to that place, just the beaming glory of that place. We were in Jer- Jerusalem last year. And I'm just telling you, being in Jerusalem, just there's a clarity to the sky. There's an amazing brightness to the area. There's something unique about being up on that temple mount, even now. And, uh, and I'm not talking about with the temple up and all of that, but with that glorious, huge temple with the gold around, with the Shekinah glory of God in it. He's like, I'm just telling you, Jerusalem blessed by the presence of God, his holy habitation. It says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Know this, whenever your God is present with you, you will not be moved. Praise God for that, man. The stability in our life comes in the midst of our worship and our recognition that God is right here with me. that not being moved isn't about being pig-headed. It's about God with me. I'm not alone. I'm worshiping him and he is giving me an amazing help. It says, God will help her when the morning dawns. He's like, I'm just telling you that as soon as it turns to a little bit of light on the horizon, God is rushing in to bring in the help. There is this massive saving that's going to be taking place. May we lean on our God. May we trust in our God and may we know this. He is a present help in the trouble and he is a present help coming to bring us out of the trouble. And all of God's people said, may we lean on him, man. I know you probably just missed the uptake on that because you've been listening for a while. So here we go. And all of God's people said, don't miss it, man. We have a God who is right here with us. And we have hope in him and life in him. And he will actually come to be our help in the midst of the struggle. It says the nation's rage, the kingdom's totter. He's like, just so you know, in the midst of all going wrong in the world, God is still your hope. The nation's rage. They shut down their borders. They ask for nobody to travel in and out. They shut down whole cities. And they say, we can't take any more in because we're gonna get sick. We can't let any out because we're gonna make them sick, right? We've got that going on right now. With the nations raging and tottering in the moment, questioning their own strength and stability. They rage and they totter and they even turn and rage against God. How could you let This happened. In the midst of a struggle, one of the first questions we ask is, how could a good God fill in the blank? Man, please hear me on this. God is sovereign. God is good. And in the midst of this struggle, know this. This world is broken and it is broken by sin. May we never turn and blame the God of absolute perfection for the struggles of a sin-broken world. And all of God's people said, Hear me, he is a present help walking us through that struggle. Praise God for that. And as some shake their fist at it, one thing they need to know, it says, he utters his voice and the earth melts. Know this, he is the creator God. He is the sustainer God. He speaks and it is. Man, he declares and it's sustained. By his very standing in the presence of it, it is and remains. That is our God. His power, his presence, his word. That's what we lean on. And this whole world sits in his glorious hand. And we long for God to teach us what he would have us to know. Lord, in each breath, in each moment, may my worship be shaped by whatever you choose to walk me through. Because my God can, my God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. And may we lift it up with all we've got. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord of hosts, he's with us. God with us. We are not alone. We are not alone. Man, just right where you're at, just say it out loud. I am not alone. Right? If you're in the room alone right now, you're like, dude, I'm more alone than you think I am. Right. If you're in the room alone and you're watching this, you just remember this. Your God is with you. You are not alone. I am not alone. May God get all the glory. Says the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He is our hope. He is that military strength in the middle of the battle that provides for us. That is our God. And I'm just telling you, this is a big deal, that we need to be able to practice the presence of God with us. We need to be able to celebrate the presence of God with us. I mean, right where you are right now, it gets easy for us to just think cognitively, especially in the U.S., man. We love to think. We love to talk. We theorize, right? We chit-chat. We share with others about our thoughts about God. I think God maybe is like this or maybe God thinks this way on. But it's all up in our head. And the reality is the power that comes in being with our God is when we recognize his presence and we honor him with our soul as we literally are saying the words to him, you are awesome. Welcome into my life. Man, just right where you are. Welcome him right next to you right now. Literally do it. Just right where you're at. Welcome, God. Right here with me in this. I'm not alone. I praise your name, God. Welcome. As you sit right here with me. I celebrate your name. And just take a real moment right where you are and let your heart speak to him and say, welcome. And we have got to practice the presence of God. It is a huge call in our celebration. May we recognize that the one who is called Elohim, all powers, the one who has all ability he speaks and it is the one who can move in a moment and change everything is right there with you your god with you now that's hope in the midst of a storm number 3 behold the works of the lord Behold the works of the Lord. Yes, celebrate his presence and behold the works of the Lord. As we pick up the last section here, it says, come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. Come, like man, make sure you are recognizing you are invited to come into the presence of God and see his handiwork. It is amazing what he's doing. Come, he's inviting you behold the works of the Lord. Remember, every time we see the word behold, we say, right? We say, check it out. Literally, look and see what God is doing in your life, what God is doing around you. In the moment, how he's bringing a peace, how he's bringing a wisdom, how he's bringing some kind of healing or hope, look at what your God is doing. Take inventory. Behold the works of the Lord. Man, it's amazing how he continues to work in our life in the middle of struggles, right? Maybe you're looking into the face of a struggle with your job. Maybe all that's going on in these transitions is causing job instability for you. Maybe they've even needed to let you go or cut some hours right now. Man, I just wanna let you know we hurt with you on that. We're praying with you on that. As you're struggling in the midst of it, facing a job shift or maybe it's just the thing going on with the coronavirus and some of the risk of health and what does that mean for me or what does that mean for some of my loved ones or for my parents or grandparents if they're getting up in age and what about the risks there and what about this next couple of weeks where we're asked to not show up at work potentially at my job and what do I do with that? Or what do I do with the fact that my kids are asked not to go to school? I don't want to deal with that right now. Like whatever it is, right? Trying to figure out the realities of facing these things and saying, Lord God, in the midst of this struggle, Lord, I look to you as my help and I long to see your hand at work. I long to say I check it out. And I see God moving here. Come, he says, join me. I'm gonna show you and I'm gonna rock your world. Come behold the works of the Lord. And then he gives some examples here of how God was working in his life. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He literally was causing certain things to happen across the world that were bringing winning of wars and it was beating lands down and he knew and recognized that God's sovereign hand was in it. Desolations on the earth and yes, God's sovereign hand is on that. He's watching over that and he's careful in that and God has a plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan, right? God has a plan, man. Don't miss it. Even in the midst of desolations being brought, that is God's works being done. And it says he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. Remember, our God is the God of peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He brings wars to an end. Ultimately and finally for all of eternity, our God will bring war to an end, yes. And even in the midst of little moments here, battles coming to ends in moments. But I'm telling you this, ultimately and forever, our God will bring war to an end. There will be the millennial kingdom of some levels of peace, praise God for that, and then there is eternity thereafter, which will be a thunderous declaration of absolute perfection and no more war or pain in any way, shape, or form. No more statements like, the boundaries of this country are now walled off. No more statements like that. God in charge is king over it all and everything. His domain as he rules and reigns. He says, He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth, and he breaks the bow, and he shatters the spear, and he burns the chariots with fire. Please hear me. All weapons of war done. Why? Because there are no wars. No weapons are needed. Because our God will be reigning. Know this. Our God ultimately will reign for all of eternity and he will be bringing wars to an end. Peace will be in his hand. And until that moment where he chooses to bring in perfection, there is going to be battlings of various types on this earth. There are going to be presidents talking to national kings and trying to shut off boundaries and protect in various ways. Know this, even then, our God sits over it all and at times he may even choose to bring a desolation to a spot we trust our god in what he's doing he's headed to an end point come with your god and watch him work he's headed towards an end point come with your god on the journey and worship him the whole way come and behold his works huge deal it's amazing what privilege we have to see God do these works. He then says, be still and know that I am God. When you start with verse one, and it says that he is your refuge and strength of very present help in trouble. And then he gives all the proof text of it. Now he gets to this verse and he says, be still. So I've got a request for you. If you've been around for a while, we've talked about this verse a couple of times in the past around here in the past decade, but you're gonna do something with me, all right? So here's the reality. Go ahead and hold your hands out like this. Just hold them out beside you, all right? Go ahead and hold them out wherever you're at. I know, you're in a coffee shop, you feel weird. Do it anyway, man, bring it, all right? Like, just hold it out. And here's the reality. This is what it looks like to fight. And be still literally means drop your arms. Go ahead, just drop them. That's be still. It means just let your arms down. Stop pushing against. You know, we had a a yellow lab when we first got married and uh, this dog was a very sweet dog on some levels and a terror on other levels. She just had a ton of energy. And uh, the bottom line is you get a dog and they're either very um, dominant or they're very submissive. And there's rarely anything in between and uh, so we thought we had a very submissive dog and, uh, and we were wrong. And uh, so we had this dog and we were trying to teach her some things. And in fact, if you've worked with dogs at all, you do the alpha rollover where you roll them on their back and you hold their chest and you kind of get down close to them, right? And you're trying to let them know, I'm in charge, not you. Like, I'm in charge, right? With our dog, it was like repeated, no. I'm in charge. Like this constantly trying to remind. No, I'm in charge. And this is what she did the whole time. Like just paws pushed out straight in front of her, holding us away, fighting to keep it away. You're like kind of knocking it away and holding on. You had to sit there for minutes. And eventually she would get it and she'd go, all right, fine. And she'd let her paws down and she'd turn her head to the side. And in that moment, she went still. God is saying, don't fight me, man. Don't push against. Don't fight and long for it to be a certain way. And don't let your fears of what if start driving it. Don't fight. Just be still. Relax and let the peace that comes with our King do amazing work in your life. It says, Be still and know that I am God. Experientially be aware. I am your God. I'm telling you, the only way you get to know him as God is when you go still before him. Literally say these words, shh, that's what God's saying, shh. Just relax where you are and let God be in charge. He literally says, be still, and experience that I am God, know it. He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Like I'm just telling you, I am the one in charge and ultimately I will be worshipped and I will reign over it all and it will all be established and there will be full peace and there won't be any more war and there will be no more disease and no more pain and no more sorrow and no more weeping and no more heartache. This broken world will be done. God has it in hand. Know it. And all of God's people said, and so because of that, he says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. And then he ends with the exact same thing he said in verse seven. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We are not alone. Just right where you are, say these words. I am not alone. I am not alone. My God is right here with me. Man, when we face trials and struggles, when we face fears and heartaches, know this. Our hope and our promise is not in our ability to try to be brilliant on our own selves. It's to lean on our King and to trust in the one who is a very present help. He is our refuge and strength. May we be still and know that He is God. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's pray.